0: But we are here for the panel. Um, We've got returning guests, Josh King and David Harris back in the house. Let's start off with Mr. Pessy himself, Josh King. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Good, good. Feeling Lionel Pessy at the moment. Greatest (laughs) pessimistic fan.
0: (laughs) Dave, Irish Hotspur, how are you doing, brother?
1: Yeah, doomsday Dave here again, my man. I'm I'm keeping all right. I'm keeping Look. Not not great after the result at the weekend, but look, this is therapy, isn't it? That's what
3: we're here for. 100%. Josh has that post Pesquil glow about him.
0: <laughs> 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 well, let, let's 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 crack on. Let's get straight into it, and we're going to go to the first topic of the panel, and it's. Are Spurs progressing under Ange Postecoglou? We'll start off with you, Josh. Um, how how much do you think we're progressing under? Because I, I think it's obvious that we are progressing. Uh, a few bad results um, doesn't change that, in my opinion. But do you? How much do you think we're progressing under Ange so far? And uh, what does the progression look like so far?
2: Honestly, I think it's been massive. Like, I think it's completely night and day. Um, you can see that we're trying to do the right things. If you step back and look at the big picture, it's it's just this is the best that I've felt since probably halfway through second season, potch or something like that. I I honestly um, think that he's been a game changer. I feel like um, these little bumps in the road were always going to come. The reason that I always um, get told off for being too pessimistic is because, like, when everyone else is so happy and thinking that we're going to go on these 10 game winning runs every, you know all, all the time um I want to be there to say that like look these things are going to happen do you know what I mean and I can take the rough with the smooth I think that the football's been brilliant he's improved players as well like um you know Basuma Poro uh, there's so many things that he's done right um and i you know I'll, I'll leave it at that for now it's been brilliant basically I think the progression is definitely there and we're going in the right direction
0: yeah does does the last few games change anything for you Dave or are we still going in the right direction is there progression under progression under the Koglu?
1: no it doesn't change anything for me whatsoever I think I think the, I think the fan base need to find their cojones, to be honest and stop throwing their toys out of the pram after after a defeat like that look I get it I'm hurting just like everyone else it's an absolute blow to top four. But the reality is, if Liverpool sacked Jürgen Klopp when he went through turmoil or the fans wanted him out, would they have went on to win everything in club football? No, they wouldn't have. If Man United sacked Alex Ferguson at the first time of, of of trouble, would they have went on to dominate English football the way they did? No, they wouldn't. Same as if Man City pulled the trigger after Guardiola after the first season, would they have gone on to have the dominance they have? No. For me, I just think you know there's too much overreaction to that defeat, don't get me wrong, I'm not happy. But at the end of the day, Postacoglu has come in and done very well with this football club. You know, where he picked he picked it up from its knees. The fans were walking away in their jobs, couldn't watch it anymore. You know, there was uh, everything was wrong within with inside the club. And Postacoglu has very quickly come in, got the fans on side, got them excited, um, you know, and, and completely changed the sort of aura around this football club. and I think credit to the guy. Um I just think Spurs fans are overreacting. Look, I get I get questioning certain elements of Ange Postacoglu, but question them entirely. Where did that leave uh, when it started happening to Conte and Jose Mourinho? Eventually it led to their sacking. Is putting pressure on another manager the right thing for Tottenham to progress? No. We've just got to stick through the adversity. What we're going through right now ain't the Coglu's fault. Two players that he had to use that had a detrimental impact to the way, we, you know, somewhat to the way we, we played at the weekend. Emerson and Davies, are they his signings? No, they're not. So for me, you know, I see similar patterns every single season, regardless of the manager in the dugout, that every single season... We start off well. Started off well under Jose, top of the league. Started off well under Conte, top of the league. Started well off under Postacoglu, top of the league. But when it comes to relying on the squad players, when we carry injuries and stuff like that, we always fall off and then when we get the big boys back later on in the season where they've left it is in a tighter race challenging on our competitions when they come back we're trying to scrape top four and it completely kills momentum the problem isn't Ange pasta koglu the problem is building this squad out so it can compete on all four fronts because what happens is when we lose the game, people go, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, what do you want him to do if they're the players at his disposal when, they, when they're the ones stepping in? So fans need to stop making pasta Coglu the issue, show a bit of patience, and uh, let's improve the squad and go into next season. Calm down a just, little bit.
3: Just to, just to touch on the question, though, are Spurs progressing? I guess there's two ways to look at it. Is Are we progressing from like, last season under Conte? And I think, obviously, that's a massive yes, but I think we can all agree on that. But in terms of throughout the season like there, there might use an argument to say there could be a different answer to that question considering the first 10 games of the season look how well we started and then obviously yes we've had injuries we've had all these problems throughout the season and we've we've we you know we've had to use a lot of squad but you know have those excuses dried up a bit in the last few weeks you know the, the Brentford game Everton game Brighton game that we haven't quite seen that still I mean we have been getting a few good results obviously and obviously the Wolves game we lost but the level of performance still hasn't come back to what we saw earlier in the season. So, what would you say to, in terms of the answer to that question, when we just take it from this season, are we progressing through the season? Like, can you say? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I'm I, I say we're not progressing, but I, I guess I'll give it to Josh. What would you say? Sim to channeling
0: to people, is in a pissy. I'm here. just
3: say what would you say to people who say we're not, we haven't progressed from earlier in the season?
2: I, I just think it's just unrealistic uh, demands from fans. Like they see 10 games of us playing brilliantly with no European football, getting knocked out of the only cup we were in at that side of the season straight away. Um, a, a new manager with new ideas, having uh, complete preparation on the training ground with a fully fit squad the whole time, basically. That's what you get. You get silky football um and great results for ten games. When you've got, I know that a lot of the players are back. I know that um, you know we haven't got as many suspensions, but these players have all had injuries, so they're all recovering, or they've been halfway across the world trying to carry their countries on their backs. When you're talking about Son and Sar. and it is unrealistic. And it was what I was saying. You know, we you know we have our group chat and all that, and um, people expecting us to just beat any team um after going through that it, it's not gonna click like that i honestly do not expect us to have the same level of performance that we had at the start start of the season until we he's had another four or five weeks of a fully fit squad on the training ground every do you know what I mean everything like that because all these players are still suffering with the reasons that they were out whether that was long international breaks or injuries or anything so I think yeah we are progressing this is what he can do with this squad um I don't believe the blame lies with him one negative because I haven't even said anything negative yet <laughs> um but the one <laughs> thing yeah, is um this is the first time I've really felt like he is really stubborn there was like this this Wolves game um I think there are a few things that he can do when he is missing certain players. Um, and there's a few choices that he, he seems quite stubborn to stick to one way, but maybe in the long run, that's the best way to do it. Cause maybe he wants to just stick to that, stick to that. Let's get good at this, whatever players are playing, we all have to be good at this. And then once we've mastered that, then he'll in uh, like put some, uh, what's the word, like little changes in it when, when needs be, but But yeah, so I'd say yes, definitely, even this season we're progressing in the way that I would think we would, because I don't feel like everyone was factoring in all the outside circumstances still being a problem. Players don't come in after being out for months and just it clicks. It just doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? So yeah.
0: We also like Ben (laughs) sorry, Dave, you go.
1: No, sorry, you got your show, my man.
0: <laughs> I was just saying, like, we all, what jo- uh, in response to what Josh was saying, like, we all saw Ben Tanko come back for those first 20 minutes against Aston Villa, like, performing the best he's ever played. And after that, we all expect, like, anyone to come back straight away. They're going to be unbelievable. And Ben Tanko has been a complete shadow of himself uh, since he's been back. And Bisuma as well, like, ever since bissouma has got those red cards, he's been nowhere near what he's been in those first 10 games. And I think he's so pivotal to the way we play Bissouma in terms of those first 10 games. We're all saying he was going to be player of the season. Um, he's so vital to the way that we want to do and what and how we want to do it. And I think that's as well been a massive key factor of why we've dropped off so much in terms of performance level.
2: Do you know what? Can I just jump in quickly and just say that one thing I forgot to say was. Um, when was the silkiest football that we were playing? It was Son through the middle, both mm-hmm. full fit, all you know, our first choice midfield, all that sort of stuff. We still haven't seen that. Like we still haven't seen Son through the middle, um, and all our first team available. So you know, there's that to factor in as well. Do you know? We yeah, but I don't that.
0: think it's just down to Son through the middle why we haven't played our silky football. I think it's genuinely as well a big part of it is Bissouma being the player that he was first ten games of the season. He enabled us to do a lot of what we did in those first ten games, and he just hasn't been anywhere close to those levels.
2: On, Dave. I don't but, think he's been he was no. that bad apart from the goal that's my that's my look understand. the last
1: the last the last two games is when we realistically have had our full squad available to us everyone everyone back from afcon everyone back from injuries you know like like josh alluded to you know players you know players take their time to get back up to full speed after an injury let's also question how fit was Bentecourt coming back did we rush him back because the quality blowing was so good was he anywhere near the level you know should, you'd like him to be returning to the team so there's that factors as well the drop off in the style of football came after that Chelsea game when we had to start implementing squad players that weren't good enough that's where the football dropped off that's where that intense pressing which has not been the same ever since completely fell off and um, and we're struggling to get it back. I think hopefully these two weeks break will do us the world good. And when we come back off the two week breaks, the players hopefully have been back playing together. They can, uh, you know, find their little pat- patterns and their rhythms again. And hopefully we'll see a much more improved Tottenham, you know, going in towards the, the back end of the campaign, the business end of the season. We'll we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, and get her answer on that. You know, I do think the last two games with with everyone, although everyone's being back, how fit have they actually been? You know, to be hopefully this two week break will get everyone back nice and fit and raring to go, almost like a mini preseason heading into the business end of the season. And let's judge the football then. But I would also say to people in terms of progression. What managers would come in here and deal with losing Harry Kane the way Posta Coglu has? And in terms of the amount of goals he provides, but one thing everyone overlooked was the amount of assists, dropping deep, being able to play passes. As soon as he dropped deep, got on the ball, everyone made runs off him because they knew, they absolutely knew he was going to find them. Sonny, the link-up play he had with Sonny, now it's just Sonny on his own. He doesn't have that relationship with Richarlison and stuff like that. So let's not forget, Posta Coglu has had to deal with losing one the best striker in the world, taking a lot of goals and assists and a link-up with your other star guy completely out of the team. You know, now we're coming to the point he found a solution for that for a while. Now we're coming to the point where teams have found a way to sort of stifle us. Now it's just about tweaking certain things to get us purring again, get us kicking again. I don't think it's as major an issue as everyone's making out I think the tactical change he needs to make is very, very simple.
0: And also, Dave, when you look at it, when you talk about Pep Guardiola in his first six months, Klopp in his first six months, Arteta in his first six months, you know, Ange got more points than all of them in in arguably a stronger league uh, right now. So I think you've got to give him a lot of credit for what he's done so far in a Spurs shirt, as well as having to factor in all the issues that he's had to deal with in that moment in time, you know. And Pep Guardiola in his first six months, you know, even if he didn't have the players to implement his style of play, he still played that style of play to drum it into them time and time again. And I think that is that's what Ange Postecoglou is trying to do here at Tottenham Hotspur.
3: Yeah, and what Pep did was like he can't he by doing that, he took some beatings. I remember there was one game they lost like 4 0 at Goodison Park and everyone was recording in Fraudiola and there was all these problems. But the thing, but the thing is he realized, okay, Sanya is is too old he can't play my system cliche is too old he can't play my system and he spent big money on fullbacks to to improve that and all of a sudden they went on to be the centurions the next year so by by going through those um, troughs and those and those difficult moments to figure out who can play the system or not, that's how you're going to figure out where you need to improve, where what players are up to and what players are not, and that's how you can plan for the summer. If you go and just keep adjusting the way you're playing because yeah. you feel like the players can't play the system, but when the time the summer comes, you're not going to be any closer to working out who's really yeah. able to play your system and who's not because you haven't given them like just played it week and week out to fully understand when when you're playing consistently who can really play that system so i think that's what i'm just still going through i think people don't realize that there's still so many dynamics in the team of people who haven't played together like um and and, and um, relationships are still yet to build madison's played with played, better played with benton like all like like things like that that we're still kind of adjusting the only thing that really seems like the most settled part is when our back five is like playing together because those are the th- those guys have been fairly consistent obviously we lost Romero and van der ben for a few months but we know those those five can do the system but other than that it's been a lot of chopping a lot of changing a lot of relationships that still need building so for me I know it's frustrating that we we came flying out of the blocks this season and we had an amazing start and we looked like we we were going to be world beaters and then kind of it went, and then it hasn't really obviously carried on that way and that's obviously it's frustrating and we all want spurs to get back to that level we were in the first 10 games of the season but it's football isn't as simple as that you have teams like brighton who have been together for you know 18 months and deserve has had a lot of time to play to drum his way of playing in in into their team and that's going to be difficult to play against you've got teams like wolves who you know are very very um effective counter-attacking team they beat man city earlier the season with that counter-attacking style that's how effective they can be and if you can beat C, there's no reason why you can't come and put, execute that kind of plan away at Tottenham as well and that's exactly what they did they were absolutely fantastic you know I think people underestimate the challenges Postecoglou has to go through uh, in his first season implementing a system and a new style of play and the fact that we've accumulated the amount of points we have done is extremely impressive and the only disappointment I would say is in the last few weeks with everyone coming back you would have hoped that the performance level would have maybe been better than it was before those players were out. And I don't feel like it has been, but it doesn't mean that we can't, that we're not going to improve given more time and that we're still going on the right track. I definitely believe that. But it is a bit of an elephant in the room that we 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 haven't been playing like well consistently for a while now, and we and we need to kind of figure out why that is, how we can fix it, and it's not just as simple. Clearly, I think given the weekend, it's not just simple as get these players back, maybe, and everything's going to be all right because we 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 have we've had better games with more injuries than we had on the weekend. We've had better performances than when when we had injuries and we did on the weekend. So it's not purely a a personnel problem. So we just got to figure out what, why there's a problem. But I still really believe in the projects. And I definitely believe we're going in the right direction. And we do, we are going to need a bit more patience. But there is something, there is problems I need sorting out, that's for
0: sure. But also, like, you need to remember what our expectations were going into this season. Like, people would have said, like, our oh, Europa League would have been a great season for us before the season even started, you know, losing Harry Kane, all the issues going into it. And I think these first 10 games kind of lulled us into a full sense of security where everyone thought Champions League was a given, we're going to be fighting for the title soon, all these kind of things. And um, people just need to have a probably have a dose of reality. And Ange Postacoglu has said, Throughout the whole season, even when we were in that good run, you know, uh, there's going to be bumps in the road. All the fans said when he was saying that, yeah, fine, we can accept there's going to be bumps in the road. New manager, new system, no Harry Kane. And when the bumps in the road come, everyone starts throwing their toys out of the pram. Ange out, this out. It's like, come on, guys, just have a bit of patience, have a bit of respect for the man and listen to what he's been saying all along and realize where we were at at the season uh, when the season started and where we're at right now and nobody thought we'd be challenging for top four at the start of the season. I mean, rival fans were saying Spurs would be, uh, Spurs were the second most betted on team to get relegated this season.
1: How mad is that? The problem the problem we've got is when we hire any new manager, because Spurs fans are, are so starved of success, they automatically have to come in and do it straight away. Fans don't have time, you know, for, for a project. It's almost like they're coming in and sort of taking the blame for all of the past failures of the club, which isn't good. At some point, we have to wrestle with, okay, we've been in that period, it hasn't been good enough. But how do we build? How do we get to being there again? And sometimes, knee-jerk reactions, oh, you know, we fell off again, sack him, get the next guy in. That's part of the problem why we've been here the last four or five years. Every manager is working with a squad that resembles all the previous regimes. Until we show a bit of patience behind the right guy and let him build his squad, then you can aim everything else at him that you want okay when well you took him out you put him in he's your player why didn't it work out then you can ask but i ain't going to sit here and ask questions off Posta koglu on on ben davies or or other players like that i've been here for so long that i failed every other manager and we see similar patterns under every other manager i ain't going to put that on him and i'm i'm at the point now until it's the squad is majorityly his I'm not going to judge him on a lot of that, to be honest with you. I'm I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to get him to go into next season. Hopefully he's figured out, like Sim was alluding to, who's who's, who's going to be good for him next season in terms of squad rotation, who isn't. And then let's see what happens there. But putting pressure on a manager right now towards the business end of the season, not not, not, not the right thing for me. Now's the time to strap in, double down, sing loud and proud and try and push these boys over the line.
0: Absolutely. I do feel like
2: we've... I was just going to say, I do feel like we've put the pressure on ourselves, though, because again, with my pesky self, like <laughs> everyone, it felt like everyone in the fan base was saying with shoo-ins for top four, you know, we're definitely going to finish above Villa, Sim, we're definitely, <laughs> so I felt I think like, we will. so I feel like, you know, we're the ones putting the pressure on when I've remained kind of the same as I felt at the start of the season, and like, I still think that there are some... Th- well, the main thing I wanted to say was Postokoglu is going to be a great manager for us and we, he is going to do well for us as long as the recruitment team understands that he has to have very specific players because he has no adaptability, it looks like. like He just wants to do it one way and like if we don't get those wingers in, we don't get full-back backups to Poro and Yudoji and stuff like that, then it will fall apart. So I think it's just all on the club. There should be no pressure on Ange.
1: Can I ask a question? When everyone talks about this adaptability what are they looking for? Are they looking for a manager that's going to set up and play one attacking football one week, can sit back and do, you know, defensive the next week, depending on the opposition? What are people looking for when they're asking for the adaptability? Because if that's it, that's never going to happen. Most modern managers now will go in, implement their style, because they live and die by results. It's that simple. So they're not going to keep chopping and changing. I'm okay for tweaks within the way we're playing right now. But if people are asking for them to adapt according to the opposition, that's what they didn't want last season underneath someone like Antonio Conte. So, yeah. you know, I feel like if you're going to change your expectations on that regard, that's why you're unhappy with Ange Postecoglou. then.
0: King Hodo in think- the chat says, in-game adaptability, being able to yeah. realise things that are happening during the game and being able to tweak a few things when you see things aren't going right.
2: Okay, like I can even, understand. Yeah, go on, Josh. I was just going to say, even Pep, who's completely... Uh, you know, known for being such a stubborn, his way, that, that that's the only way he plays. You saw him come up against Arsenal last season and start pinging it long for Haaland. So, don't, you know, we can't say that these great attacking managers don't make changes. They do. Whereas Ange, and I'm not criticising him here. I want him, you know, I've got no problem with Ange at all. But like, he was still trying to make Emerson and Davis invert. On, on Saturday And you know That post that was put In the chat Was uh, from uh, I think it's Lily White Lab They had uh, A brilliant post on it And you know There needs to be Some level of adaptability But I'm hoping Is
1: this not the problem though Josh That we're adapting To players That we know Can't do the job exactly. Why would you adapt to yeah. them Like Sim alluded to earlier on, it's his first season. He has to push through, continue to get them to play the same way. So the guys that will be here next season, they're the guys that everyone else that comes in around that are going to be the bedrock to implement your philosophy right throughout everything else. So he has to stick with it. I You're guess that leads to one of, of our topics. Yeah, I guess,
0: top I, guess, I guess Dave will lead it into the. I think this conversation's leading really nicely onto the next topic and it's does Ange have a plan B? I think um, it's fair to say like, I think we've seen Ange say in quotes before, before he joined Tottenham saying, uh, plan B is to do plan A better. Do you think that is the best course of action or do you feel like he needs a plan B? We'll start with you, Josh.
2: Um... It's tough to say isn't it um i'd say i'm happy with it and i'm happy to continue with and like this and i'm happy for him to try his best doing it this way but i do think with all managers that eventually unless you've got a pet budget like you know where he can just buy anyone he wants at any club he's ever been at um we do not have that budget we don't have that stature we're not that type of club that can get the best the best of the best players I think there needs to be a... Uh, I know a that.
0: certain club that's got players turning down Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Man United.
2: <laughs> 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 Sorry, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I do... F- in-game adaptability, yes. In-game adaptability, 100%. But his overall uh, structure and philosophy, I don't want it to change. I'm happy with it. But yeah, he needs to make some sort of tweaks sometimes in future seasons. I don't mind if he stay- it stays exactly the same this season.
0: Because I think you're right, what you were saying before in the previous chat about, you know, Pep Guardiola. He sometimes does have a plan B, you know, he can knock it long to Haaland. He finds different solutions in games to change the course of action of the game. And Dave, do you think Ange needs a bit more of that then?
1: Um, But that's after Pep Guardiola has been at City for how long and the squad's entirely mm, his. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So until we do that with Ange... Can you have them plan Bs? Like, reality is, I think he's trying his best. I don't think that you know, he, he emptied the bench at the weekend. That's trying to change a game, is it not? Emptying your bench, bringing on five players, of course, it is. If the players yeah. didn't step up and do have an impact, is that on him? No, it's not. He's only got what he can do to work with. Um, I, I think there is one change, one, one maybe change he can do. I'm getting fed up with the. The boring five, ten yard passing on the edge of the opposition box, like a horseshoe from one side to the other. <laughs> uh, and I, I, look, I understand the reason behind it because that is a way of us retaining possession and, and limiting the amount of times we're being countered on. Right, that's why we do it. But then you're sacrificing in terms of your creativity, the space that you're getting your attacking players in. So I think maybe he needs to ad- ad- adapt certain things along the way. But I, th- I think it's harsh for people to be like, oh, he's in-game management, this, that, and the other. You know, it's, I think it's harsh until he has all the tools to, to, to the to the pieces or, or all the tools that he needs. What do you want him to do? At the end of the day, he has to t- test Ben Davies. He's on, a, he's on a large contract here on 80 grand a week. He's He's got one more year or two more years left on it. He has to roll him out there, put him in that inverted position to know whether he's good enough going into next season or not so that he can go to the board and say, look, I need another backup to a doji. It's a complete drop-off. We have to go through these times as fans, whether we like it or not. When it's fully his and he does have options, he has another option too, Richardson up front. He has better options off the bench in terms of the wings, fullbacks, and stuff like that. I think you might see a bit more adaptation or in-game management and stuff like that. But until then, we just have to ride it out. And I think he also knows that. That's why he's not, you know, going too harsh in press conferences and I'll write it out to the end of the season and rotate the squad more and then next summer then you can come and judge me but you know until we go through this process um, the only other option is going and getting a defensive minded manager who, who they're the ones that more adapt to you know the oppositions but as we know tried and tested fans do not want that so if you don't want that then you have to go through this process and wait till the summer then next season when it's fully his ask more questions ask away
0: well, David, in terms of that adaptability, you're saying once he gets his, his squad and his players, that, that might be more of a common occurrence. But you watch Celtic probably more than all of us. Did Was that an occurrence at Celtic? Was he able to adapt in-game when things weren't going right, if they weren't ever going right at Celtic in the Scottish League?
1: Look, one thing he did do is he used his bench to keep the same relentlessness to the system. You know, in around 60, 70 minutes, he made a whole host of changes. But in Celtic, he had the best players to pick from. So as soon as he took one mm. off, the next guy came in. And also on the counter attack, the teams he was coming up against didn't have the same devastating players. So they got away with it an awful lot, even though they were getting chances. And I do think there's certain elements there where maybe he has to realise, OK, the level of opposition I'm up against is a lot more sort of effective in terms of their counter and their finishing. And I might have to adapt a little bit towards that in the future. But You know, the the substitutions he's making right now, he's using a lot of players that, unfortunately, haven't been good under-under managers, haven't impacted games under-under managers. So he's limited to that regard. You give him a better bench, you know, which I think will be filled out next season, I think you'll see a lot more substitutions. And I think you'll keep the same relentlessness. The biggest part of Posta Koglu and the biggest... uh, you know why we didn't get counted as much in the first ten games, why Celtic was so effective is because they pressed teams really high. All three forwards went, the two mid one or two of the midfielders went, and the fullbacks came up to stop that pass out wide. We haven't done that over the last since 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 that Chelsea game. That's completely dropped off. And now what you're seeing is Richardison will go. One of the wingers will go, but they're usually late. And all you're doing is leaving pockets of space for teams to be able to pass through. And that's what's making their counter-effective. So we need to get back to being uh, very, very good on the press and being relentless and the right people going at the right time. But also, once he's got a better bench available to him, you'll see that relentlessness for the whole 90 minutes. Right now, a lot of the argument is, is it sustainable? A lot of players are tiring out. But that's why he had a bench and a good bench available to him at Celtic.
3: Hmm. I think it's some, some people when they accuse, uh, and of not having a plan B or only have playing one way. I'm not sure what they want. Do they basically what they are? They're just basically saying last 10 minutes, can we just lump the ball forward, please? And just to try and win headers and play percentages and turn into prime Bolton. Is that what people want? We, don't have, the, we don't have the physical threats to do that if we wanted to. So it's a bit of a useless yeah. thing to try that. But I don't know what people want from changing to a plan B. I've seen him, you know, take t- you know, uh, when he wants to change things, he puts Madison or Lo Celso next to a Kulisevsky in the midfield and he goes more attacking. I've seen him go to a back three which I have a few times he went to a back three on the weekend to try and force the issue he put Werner up front he then put Werner on on the left he's put I don't think we have ever
0: look good in a back three under Ange by the way no
3: maybe not maybe that needs more practice but I'm just saying I've seen him change it I've seen Mm. him make lots of changes like um I I think what when people say he doesn't have a black back uh, he doesn't have a plan b do they just Basically, mean Ange will always try and play football, no matter what, and he will always try and keep possession and keep attacking. And he has no other way of playing. And uh, what? But what are people trying to say? That well, what is? What should his plan B Be lump into the box? Can he? Can he just go long? Is that what people? Is that what people want his plan B to be? That's what like, I'm, I'm not to sure. That's what yeah, I'm. I'm, tra- I'm trying to figure out what when people accuse him of that. Well, like I think he tries to find solutions to keep playing the way he wants to while changing certain dynamics and changing formation and changing getting a more attacking lineup and putting maybe instead of taking Kulisevsky and putting Johnson and making the pitch wider, getting more pace up on these kind of things. He does try to change it. He just tried to change dynamics. But what he won't try to change is the philosophy of how he believes is best to try and go forward and try and score goals, which is, you know, trying to play through those teams trying to progress the ball through keeping possession and playing with that high line he won't change that um so i'm not but I'm, I'm I'm always a bit perplexed when he when people say he doesn't have a plan B because you know i think back in the day especially like like man united like under Ferg or whatever or like when they were struggling for goals i remember they they used to just lump the ball forward and go long ball but teams don't really do that anymore uh i know i never see you know, Pep just lumped the ball to Haaland when when they're struggling for a goal. He has
0: done that though, Pep.
3: No, they still try and score. They've done it as a tactical... I know you're referring to Arsenal game and that was a very specific tactical tweak he did for that game. But what I'm saying is... As a, as a general rule, he uh, you know when they're trying to bre- if they're struggling to score against the team, right, and they're trying to break them down. I wouldn't. I don't see you know Pep just a l- lot. Yeah, use
0: the- that Chelsea game for an example. He didn't change it up that game. They just tried to keep pummeling the, yeah, the, the pressure. Yeah, they don't. They don't just put a big man
3: on and pump balls into the box. That's not what they ever try to do. And and um, I think people. I don't know. I don't know what I think people say. He doesn't have a plan B without without our, like knowing what they want from a plan B if you know what it's I mean it's just
0: like people just love to complain right because last season being like we need a distinct style of play we need a distinct style of play and and just trying to implement a distinct style of play and now people are being like oh we need a plan B we need a plan B we need change to change it up a little play. bit <laughs> like people need to understand and realise what do they want do they want <laughs> last year and like a manager that kind of keeps changing it up or do they want a distinct style of play and if you want a distinct style of play you need to keep Keep at it, keep at it, keep at it until you have the players that can implement it and then you'll see the rewards for it.
1: And Posta Cockle was the victim of, of, of fans changing what they want in the manager from last season. It's as simple mm. as
2: that. Mm. Uh, what I will say is that specifically on the Wolves game, I think plan A was slightly wrong. Like, I know I keep drumming this sun down the middle and all that sort of stuff, but like um, deciding to make Emerson and Davis try and be Udoji and, and uh, Porro is just, in my opinion, I, I think that was I, you know I,
3: mean? I agree with that, Josh. What I would say to that as well is we've seen Ange, you know, in, in games gone by, be creative with his selection if he feels like he has a player who is in a specified position but not really up to the role. For example, Eric Dyer being at times so our only fit centre back, but still not using him as a centre back because he didn't feel that he could do the yep. role. So I would have liked to have seen maybe him be a bit more creative with that selection on Saturday. Not to say change the plan, but maybe, I don't know, try Sarah inverted back instead and maybe yeah. put a star Benten call or something like that and maybe that's where he went wrong and so when people say oh la emerson's only fit right back of course he's going to play him i understand the argument but he's shown already that if he feels like he's got a player who's a specified Specified in quote uh, in quotation marks to a position, but not fit to play the role he wants to. He still won't play them in that position. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look in hindsight. Obviously, we're all playing a uh, hindsight game here uh, because you know um, mm-hmm. the game's finished, we've lost. But in hindsight, maybe he could have d- done something a bit more creative and and may or maybe even started with a back three potentially and and, and played in a different way as well. So I agree with that point point, Josh. But yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. We're going to talk about why. Well, I think it's obvious uh, this question, to be honest. Are Spurs too open? But I guess we can just delve into why Spurs are too open. Because again, you bring it back to the first 10 games of the season, we weren't we weren't letting in too many chances uh, vicario well you know he would he was making top saves but not too many of them and now it just seems like one ball down the middle and that's it we're completely sliced open so why, why do you think that is josh
2: um i think well i don't know if sim's got the stats on this um but like i do of
3: course he
0: does I
2: do feel like we <laughs> we did we did give away a lot of chances at the start of the season as, as well i feel like we did. There were a, a few games where we kind of were similar on XG with the other other team and and got away with it. And we're not getting away with those now. Like a similar to sorry on on Saturday with Wolves, we had a similar XG. Sometimes we've won those games in the past, and we haven't uh, this time around. The other thing I would say is set pieces have just fallen off a cliff in the second half of the season. I don't know yeah. what has gone on, but it's like, we have now been, you know, we had the stuff going on with the barging of Vicario and people putting players on Vicario. Now we're bringing players to try and save Vicario and they're not marking any players in the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, well, it's, it's just, get, get Yadinak out of my club, man. He does he does the defensive set pieces, so get him out of my club. He's, he's, he obviously doesn't know what he's doing but yeah
0: yeah i mean that that set piece that we conceded against wolves i mean like what the hell was that what 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 was that i mean the guy jao gomez was just completely free nobody in acres of space of him i think son was the closest man to him but i mean like how can you seriously defend a set piece like that in the premier league it mind boggles me man it really does
2: I i do think we are too open in general though and um LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That sort of thing, we see it a lot. How many times have you seen, um, like... Let's say uh, the opposition right winger. Um, it's been switched to him from the left flank or something like that, and then you see Poro is like the last man, and there's like two two players behind him, mm-hmm. like waiting at the back post. And yeah. sometimes the ball doesn't make it, and and that's fine. Like we get away with it, but that happens all the time. So there's definitely something with our defensive positioning that needs to be sorted out.
0: Mm, agreed. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking? What, are you in agreement with Josh why we're so open?
1: Um, yeah, to a certain degree. To a certain degree. Look, I think one of it is the press, right? Earlier on the season, we were turning the ball a lot higher up over the pitch with a lot more intensity, right? Which meant teams struggled to get out. I also don't think teams showed us respect. Over the first 10 sort of games in the in the season But when we went on that run, we earned that respect So what they started doing then is just sitting back, blocking up the middle And, you know, that's why we're seeing a lot of the sort of tight passing So that we don't get hit on the counter Because effectively, we're just left with two back there The full backs are gone, all the midfielders are involved All the forward players are involved So t- you're left with two there But as we've seen in recent weeks Individual mistakes, being caught in possession uh, is, is what's leading to a lot of these counter-attacks Madison week, how many times did he get picked? Benton core, you know, Basuma at the weekend You know, it, it's becoming a real problem I almost feel like the, the way we keep possession It's so boring that almost the players are getting bored And that they're switching off slightly And that's where they're, they're sort of getting picked As for defensive set pieces, I mean, I'll be brutally honest I actually don't blame the coach for that one I just blame it on desire of a player wanting to go and be that guy to head the ball I grew up in an era where you had two or three defenders pulling each other out the way To try and go and clear that ball Now I'm sitting there looking at them and you're getting three headers left, right and centre It's like it's it's actually, it's actually it's absolutely embarrassing That's not a coach That's just someone on the pitch holding players to standards We lack that severely with the young squad we have That one player on the pitch that will hold people to standards But there's a number of reasons, you know while we're being hit on the counter earlier on Teams left themselves a high line We exploited that You know, now they're sitting back They've they, they found a way to play against us Stifle Tottenham, take the ball Go and hit them on the counter And um now it's a period where we have to You know, find the right answers Adjust a little to stop that from happening And things will be fine hmm. I don't think Sim- it's actually that much of a massive issue I really don't you, either, I do you think either- from being in possession, drop back in between the centre-backs Like what Pochettino used to do with Guanyama On occasions, and form a tree at the back And give yourselves a bit more solidity Or, oh. you know, you get One of your full-backs to drop in and stop him From from, from overlapping So th- there's a couple of things that Posta Coglu can do To sort that out It's not drastic, it's not a major problem
3: in terms of uh, do I have the statistics, Josh? Not, I don't have the statistics on the XG, but what I can tell you is <coughs> in the first 10 games, we conceded nine goals in those first 10 games. And in the next 15 games, we've conceded 28. So there's clearly been a massive drop-off in terms of uh, how many goals we are conceding um, ever since you know we had those injuries. I think for me, um, I do think it's a system issue, but I don't think... It's an issue per se where which can't be resolved by continuing to play the system. But I think the fact that we are playing the system is definitely causing the issue, if you know what I mean. So um, how I see it in the first 10 games, what was the big difference was we were a lot better uh, when, when we kept possession of getting the ball into the final third. We had people like Basuma at his confident best, striding forward, carrying the ball a lot more. We had Madison dropping deep, controlling the game, keeping possession while also being creative. We had, um, obviously, um, Kulusevski was playing on the right. He was keeping possession really well. Obviously, the left wing was maybe a bit of an issue. But that's why we kept chopping and changing. Um, Son um, was doing a really good job. Son was actually um, doing a lot better job with his overall play, I felt, um, uh, in the early part of the season as well like uh, uh, his his over like passing, moving, keeping possession. He was actually doing quite an uh, underrated job at that in the early part of the season. And then um, because we were doing such a good job keeping the ball and, and still progressing the ball forward while keeping it whereas now I feel like we just keep it a lot for keeping sake without progressing it forward that much. Um, yeah. We were doing such a good job progressing the ball while going forward it limited the uh, opposition's chances of, um, of countering us. They only had limited chances, and when they did counter us we were very much set in their half which meant they they were rushed. They were rushing their passes to go long, and when they're rushing their passes, more often than not, you have Van de Ven romero Romero coming over, sweeping up those long balls, and we're able to sustain the pressure. What we have now is it, well, first of all, Madison's only just come back from injury. I do think he's done a decent job, but he's only just coming back. Besuma and um, who and uh, Besuma is not looking his best self at the moment, so we're, we're really struggling at keeping the ball and progressing it into dangerous areas. We're having a, more often than not people like Werner and johnson on the wing where when the ball comes to them um basically how we manipulate our play is that we we get the inverted fullback centrally so that it frees up those wingers in high positions because so they're always basically in one-on-one situations but because they're not very good in the one-on-one situation essentially not very good at keeping the ball we're trend we're basically Turning over the ball a lot more times, a lot more frequently than we were in the early parts of the season. And when you give the opposition more chop opportunity to transition on you, they're going to find more opportunities to for, to find that space that we are inevitably leaving. And because we're not sustaining the pressure like we were early in the season, we're not setting in their half like we were. Um, so we're not we're not making the opposition rush as much as we were in the early parts of the season. Which means they're finding it a lot easier to find wingers like Neto, whoever, in that in those spaces in those wide areas um at, at like way early part of the season, it was Van de Ven Romero coming over and covering, which they 're still doing to a certain extent, but with their ju- I just feel like the, op- the opposition are finding way way too many opportunities to be able to pick out those attacking players in the transition more frequently and it 's leading to way t- too many opportunities being being conceded by spurs. If we can get back to those levels that we were showing in the early part of the season where we're able to progress the ball while keeping it and sustaining that pressure which led to opposition defences having to clear the ball rather than pass it out, then I feel like the system can work. But right now the system is leading to us conceding a lot of chances because we're not able the the little dynamics like a Basuma's ability to progress the pull forward all that kind of stuff it's not the same level and it's leading to a lot of difficulties at the moment so yeah. I do believe that can change I do believe we can definitely time that up a bit and get better but 100% the way Ange is setting us up is leading us to, to conceding chances for sure I, I, don't I, I agree
0: that. I agree with everything you say and I wholeheartedly agree with the Basuma thing like Bissouma's massive drop up has coincided with, you know, how open Spurs have been um, at the back. And I think, do you think, though, there's an element, uh, a lot of people have been saying this on social media. I've heard a lot of people uh, say it to me personally as well, that maybe the system and Ange Postacoglu after the first 10 games has been found out a little bit and people have found and other teams have found different solutions to play against us because the, in the first 10 games, we were pretty much a bit of an unknown quantity. What do you think about that, Josh?
2: um yeah i think it's pretty obvious i think uh david touched on it earlier like we were given this we we were given the opportunity to like high press teams in the first few games like teams would play out from the back against us um teams would sometimes come out and press us um and it just feels like if you're below 6th or 7th um that no team is going to do that against us. You know I mean? Apart from Brighton, the rest of them down there, they're just going to sit back Um mm-hmm. and we need to find other, like it's Ange's job to find other opportunities to hurt teams because we have been found out a little bit, but like, I think this happens to all good teams. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. like, um want to sound all doom and gloom or anything like that because we're going through a period right now. I do believe Ange will, will, come up with something. And I do think there's some simple fixes that can happen in the summer, um, which is, you know, dribbly wingers, all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? That can change. Mm-hmm.
0: What about a, um, a specialised number six? Do you think we need that?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. After, um, after Ben uh, Sumas drop off and it's weird, we kind of need someone that's in between the both of them. But it's like that, that's going to cost a lot of money. And I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely get a six in if we can, but I think I'd be I'd still put that as not as important as proper attackers, and probably not as important as at least one backup uh, fullback, like maybe someone that can play both sides, because we can get by with ben, between Bentoncourt and Basuma if they are both playing at like eighty percent or something like that next season, because I think. Also, jump into conclusions when Basuma's had uh, malaria; he's been away. Benton Corps' has been out half the season. You never know; they could come back after uh, preseason and, and be playing both of them at their peak, and then we're like, we've got a third six now. What are we meant to do? Like, do you know what I mean? They're not even going to get in the team. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So yeah, we'll see.
0: Mm. all right well let's finish off talking about the front three going on for the rest of the season or even previously at the first part of the season but who do you think the best are the best front three is david in terms of positions everyone i think josh likes him in the nine you like him on the left uh in terms of Hyung min son but who do you think our best front three are (laughs)
1: Um, I do think it's Son on the left, Kulu on the right, and uh, Richardison down the middle, personally. That's what I do think our best front three is. I understand the argument that Josh is going to make, and he's dying to come in here. <laughs> um, look, I, I, personally, I feel like Richardison was scapegoating at the weekend. I see everyone scapegoating Richardson. Oh, put Son down the middle, Richardson was useless. Ask yourself, is Hallam, if Hallam was in that team at the weekend, would he have scored? Of course not, we didn't put any balls into the box We, didn't, we, we took barely any shots, we barely tested Their goalkeeper, what do you want Richardson To do, we know selling Harry Kane, we were going to Take a hit, in terms of a player that's going to Drop off, do the creativity, spin Pass a ball, put Sonny in behind And stuff like that, and by the way, that's killing Sonny This season, not having that sort of player up front Um So we know you have to provide him with service. If you don't put the ball in the box, you can't score, can you? So, you know, I I do feel people are being very harsh on Richardson in that regard, in that sort of terms. The reason why I like Sonny out on the left is because I don't trust anyone else to do any creativity out there. I don't trust Werner. I highlighted it weeks ago, which I got pelters for because it was unpopular. And I don't rate Johnson at all to do it either. So for me... You know, when you look at Sonny, he can score goals and he can create goals, but there's no point in putting them up front if there's no one supplying them. That's what one, one of the biggest problems was. That's why we had to move him out to the left-hand side in the first place because, you know, Madison was supplying him. He went injured. That supply stopped. Some became, nothing, uh, you know, uh, null and void completely. I hear people saying, Madison's back, putting back up front. Okay, but have you been watching the games? Every team stifles us down the middle. They block up that middle. They are not allowing that pass on, so it's no use. And until we get better options out wide, Son has to play out on the left. He's always scored goals out there. He's always scored uh, 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 an assisted goals out there. Everyone's telling me he's a striker. What evidence have you got for that? He's played all of his career off the left-hand side. He's better to be on the left winger, and he's better for Tottenham Hotspur right now to be off the left wing. So he has to stay out there. Kulu needs to pull the finger out his hole and start doing a little bit more when he gets the ball. He's very quickly just to take the sort of safe pass a lot of times when the ball goes out there. Big, strong, strapping ginger lad like him. Use that to your advantage. Run at players. Put fear into them. I think the four players need to sort of pull themselves together in a huddle and shake themselves up a bit and realize what they are. When we get you the ball, you're the guys to produce flair. Go and do it. It's that simple. It's, a, it's, it's an easy solution. Stop passing it back inside. Next time you do that, I'll take you off and I'll bring on Johnson, even though how bad he is. And hopefully you learn your lesson. But that's my best front tree. And that's all I'm going to say on it. I highlighted mate. in the summer, Harry Kane would cause us huge problems. And no one yeah. wanted to listen to it. Now we're here. You can deal with it. I already tried to highlight
0: it. <laughs> You can deal with it. The problem's <laughs> on you now. Uh, but mate, Kulisevsky. Um created, what, third or fourth both chances in the whole of Europe this season is the stat. Uh, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw that, to be honest, but I, I agree with you, Dave. I think that's our front three, but I also think it's different horses for different courses. I don't want to see Son in uh, in a number nine against the low block team, but I do want to see Son as a number nine when we're playing a high pressing team like a Man yeah. City or a Liverpool. I think it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be, this is our best front three and this is the front three that plays every single game. Um yeah. But I think like the front three at the moment is obviously not working the way we want it to work. And going back to the Wolves game, if you play Son in the number nine against Wolves, it doesn't change the result at all. Um, so where are you at with it, Josh?
2: I, I'm sorry, I've got, to, I've got to disagree with that. Because <laughs> I know, on, I know how I'm you? big on the Son in the night. Let me tell you why. Because there was a moment, this is the one of the most frustrating things about uh, Richarlison for me on Saturday specifically. I, I, I'll put my hands up and admit I was wrong about Richarlison overall. I think he's a brilliant squad option and I think he can definitely do a job um, as a striker. I don't want him to leave in the summer um, if he doesn't have to, but I'm happy with him. But do you not remember when um, this was in the first, I'd say, 15 minutes, we started getting those half, like, beating their press in midfield? And this is when the game state is neutral as well. So but before they've scored, yeah, um, that's when Son through the middle is so important because... Richarlison is not hanging on to the ball properly and his layoffs are awful. And even... Do, do you not remember there was that moment where he was like... I don't know if he was through on goal quite or something like that, and he just
1: whacked the ball. Like, Son does not Son do lose that. the ball on the he, left-hand side trying to hold it up, though, Josh? Let's be brutally honest. On the left. Pulling out again. But Sonny, Sonny lost the ball a loads of times, you know, in the build-up no, phase. No, no, bro. Sonny I, I, does... Uh, he does much better through the middle when it
2: comes to uh recycling possession and holding it he's proved it because he's actually created more chances than kulzevsky i think he has or something like that he like he he yeah (laughs) i'm not not
3: sure he has but yeah anyway well he's i think i think think through balls i think maybe accurate through balls maybe or something like that specific stat i think he has
2: and then also you know david when it comes to like what evidence do you have of sonny being good through the middle it's this season. It's where he scored all his
1: goals. It's where he created all the chances. OK, if... but how are you going to feed him the ball if they're blocking up the middle and Madison's come and, and uh, non-avoid out of that? That's where he was getting a lot of his goals, that link up with Madison. Teams have blocked that up. Where, where's the supply to come from? It's not as simple as that because we haven't seen Sonny through
2: the middle, starting through the middle since Madison has been back and since teams have supposedly blocked it up. Tell me the, the game where he started through the middle. We haven't had it. And that's, that's the important link-up that we had which was similar to son and kane i'm not saying it's the same level but like those are our two best players our two most clinical players our two most creative players in the squad the ones that are are probably a level above the rest of them Mm. i want them as close together as possible and sonny is better hanging on to the ball than richarlison do you know what i mean richarlison low block team fair enough or if we're chasing the game and we want to put sonny out wide to cross it into richarlison and we want to start being a bit more punty, fair enough. But like, I want to see Sonny start through the middle because our best football has come when Sonny started through the middle. If you're if you're going to go back to the original question, what is our best front three? It's always for me going to be Sonny through the middle because that's when we have played at our best. If you're going back to Bournemouth, uh, Burnley, uh, Arsenal, you know what? When, when have we created the most chances and looked the best? It's Son through the middle.
0: That's, that's what mm. I How many games has he actually played through the middle? I'm He's trying to have a look He's played twelve games, twelve games through scored the middle, nine, nine goals. goals, nine goals, two assists. Yeah, so um, I mean, nine games as a left winger, three goals, four assists.
2: I see, yeah, see, Not bad, not a,
3: bad record in either one, but still better up front.
2: Yeah, and if you look at the winger goals, uh, um, one of them was that scuff shot against Everton, I think it was, or something like that, from mm. a corner, and the other two was when Trippier was dead on his feet. Sorry, assists were when Trippier yeah. was just absolutely. Son cannot beat a man on on the left now, it looks like. So he has to play through the middle for me. If, If he could beat a man, then I'd put him on the left, but he can't. So in terms, yeah.
0: But in terms of him playing through the middle, right? I'm looking at it now. Yeah, three goals against Burnley. Which, if Rasharlison in the current form he's on, he could have easily done the same against his Burnley side. You know, they're getting ripped no apart. Yes, of course he could. No, I mean, no, no, maybe not those what? specific. Maybe not those specific goals, but he could have found moments in games to score multiple goals. Hundred percent against a Burnley side. Why not? Burnley are getting ripped yeah. to shreds every week.
2: Fair enough, but what I'm saying is like. He wouldn't score the same sort of goals that, that Sonny did. in, in that Yeah, that's specific fair instance, enough. Like that kind of clinical finish, you know, when he chipped the keeper and all that sort of stuff. Richie isn't doing that. Richie has to have many more chances to score goals. So, you know, that's kind of where our XG has come from as well when it comes to like being but clinical. What,
0: what I'm saying is out of all the goals he scored at centre-forward... All of them have been against high-pressing teams, pretty much. Three against Burnley, who are a high-pressing team. Arsenal, two. Liverpool, one. Man City, one. And two against Fulham and Palace, which you can say they're not high-pressing teams. But more or less, the majority of his goals as, as a number nine all come against teams that press high up the pitch. So, yeah. so Richarlison has to play as number nine against those kind of teams.
2: Well, the and a lot of them... All- we did beat the press against Wolves though. Richie was then through, and then he's mucked it up. That's what I'm saying. Sonny would not in that situation. I just want my more clinical players closer to the goal. That's all it. That's all it is. I think the pro- the problem
3: we have is Son is our best winger and our best number nine. I think that <laughs> is that is that is basically the problem we have in this squad. So, I I I actually agree with Josh. I think I. If I think what is what is Son's best position right now, I think he's stri- up front. I think he's a striker. I think he's the most clinical striker, one of the most clinical strikers, if not the most in the league. I, I think if you give him, you just, he just needs one chance to score. I think his overall game has really improved this season. I know actually, to be fair to Rishi, I'm going to give him his props, his overall game in recent months has massively improved. I still think Son's is better, but I think Rishi's has improved to a really good level. So I'm very happy w- with that. The problem we have is... With Rishi in the goal scoring form that he's in, can you justify taking him out for Son to put to put someone like Werner on the left where he's not really producing that much? Whereas Son, at least on the left, he's still producing and Richarlison is in good goal scoring form. So is that the best compromise at the moment for our best um for our best three um it- in the air for our best run three, sorry, it's a really difficult one. Um, I would, lo- I would love to see Son back in the number nine, to be honest. As much as I love Rishi, I just think we were with we, that was when we were playing our best football, and that's when we are our most fluid. And I think Son was actually really starting to adapt to playing, um, against low blocks. Like that goal against Arsenal, he was surrounded by like four players and he was able to find just one little pocket space, one flick, and able to score a goal. Like he can do that. I do think against a low block, Rishi is probably better. I, I do concede that. I think when the when the penalty area has loads of different defenders around it and you're swinging balls into the box, Richie's more likely to get on the end of one than someone like Son is. But I think it definitely when the game state is is level, I think Son is definitely a, a, a more effective striker, in my opinion. And the problem that we have when, for example, like Saturday, is if Richie's not having the best game and you want to change it and we're losing, Son is not the striker you want to put in the number nine when you're losing. Like you need the best. Son is at his very best if the game stays either level or we're winning, and the, then the opposition has to commit a bit of risk, and then Son's there to pounce on any sort of space they leave. Anything, he's there to run in behind. So maybe the best course of action is, well, I would love to say start start Richie in the nine, and if we're winning, you put Son there. I just hate it when we're we're losing in a game and then Richie comes off and, and uh, when, we, when we're chasing a game, because I feel like we need a striker like Rishi on the... We need Rishi Arshalas on the pitch if we're chasing a game. That's what I feel like we need. So it's a bit of a balancing act. So if I'm going for my best front free right now, I would have to put Son back on the left and Rishi up front just because would I rather Son up front, Werner Traitor, on the left? Would Josh, what's the answer? Would you rather... Verner on the left and Son up front, or would you rather Son on the left and Richie up front? You could put Richie right on the left. Right now, this second, no, Richie on the left.
2: Sorry, it's cutting out slightly for me, but right, right now, this second, I'd uh, yeah, I'd put Richie on the left, just like how we we did against Liverpool and a couple other games and stuff like that. Like if you really want to start Richie, which to be honest, um, I. It's hard because from game to game, it changes. But for right this second after that performance, I would start Son uh, through the middle, probably Werner on the left and Kulu again. Um, and then Richie would be my first sub. He'd be my first mm. sub. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's how I would do it. But if you have to play Richie, then I'd try him on, on the left. And then it's in-game management. You could go, Richie, go for, go for the middle now. And they can swap. Like, do you know what I mean? They both know how to play both positions.
3: Is there a case? Is, is there any sort of way you reckon we could try and fit Son and Richie up front together? Is, is there a way you reckon Ange could do that? No.
0: Four no. four fucking two.
3: <laughs> three five three five two maybe go three at the back. Is, is there something you can do there? Three
0: five two is the only way.
2: Yeah, and it's like is that too it radical? Changes too, much. <laughs> changes too much,
3: doesn't it? Go on, Dave. What are you going to say?
1: I was just going to say with the Richie and Sonny, I, mean, I think it comes back to what Ben is saying. You know, against the bigger teams where they have no respect for you, he's got all the space in the world. he would become really effective. But the majority of teams we're going to face, especially going into next season with the more possession we keep, are going to play a low block. They're going to play a low line. And that's not where you get the best out of Sonny. So, you know, ideally next season you bring in a couple of world-class wingers and you use Sonny Richarlison to compete going down the middle and use them for whatever different games come about. But, You know, for everyone just to say put Sonny straight down the middle, regardless whether it's lone block or not, I think is madness. I think
3: I think to counter that, Dave, I think out of the twenty-five games Spurs have played this season, we've taken the lead in 18 of those games. And now the best position I want Son is when if you are winning, the best the best one someone you want. Because the problem is when we're winning games, obviously the opposition then wanna you try and get something right, and they they start to commit a bit uh, play a bit higher, commit a bit, a bit more risk that's when you want Sony centrally, and so that is the best position to have Sony when you're in that game state when you're winning and the fact that we've taken the lead in eighteen of the twenty five games like suggests to me that even if they are playing low block, if we can get the lead. Right Then you still do want Sonny up front, even in those games, because um, then the opposition will still have to at some point commit a bit of risk, and then i then you would want Sonny up front because I feel like when we 're winning and then we have Rasallah up front it 's a lot easier for the opposition to push a bit high knowing that Richarlison isn't that much of a threat in behind compared to someone like Son. And then all of a sudden, it's a lot more difficult for us to sustain that kind of pressure. But if we have Son, then they always know that that threat in behind is is uh, lethal, basically.
0: Yeah, you say that, but that didn't happen in, in the particular games where we lost and we were ahead and Sonny was playing in the number nine. It didn't work Which out games. that way.
3: Which games? Mm-hmm.
0: The Wolves game, the West Ham game, the Aston Villa game. Sonny played number nine in all those games. We took the lead in all those games. Yeah, but that wasn't And we just to, couldn't I, seem to my, create.
3: Yeah, but in my opinion, that wasn't down to Son, but yeah. But I just think that's the, the, that's the game so that I want Son in.
1: Balls in the box. The problem with Son is in the number nine, if you do come up against them low block teams, you have to almost create the perfect goal. With Richarlison, you don't. You can put balls in the box and let them go and attack it. It gives you that different option. The, problem, the also, pro- biggest problem we've got is creativity. We're not creating an awful lot. i not make an argument we've been clinical with what we have created, but I don't think we create real sort of clear-cut chances the way we have been in previous years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel
2: like it it breaks down too much when it when it gets to Richie in, in possession, though. So it's like, yeah, you get that option in the box. Uh, he'd definitely be my choice every time if we know that uh, Wolves are going to... You know how they started just basically camping in their in their box like mm. if, if I know a game is going to start like that fair enough I agree with David there you start Richie but like when there's going to be some intricate parts of the game like there was in that first half Wolves did come out and press us in midfield and stuff like that Son's mm. just going to hang on to the ball better and do quick clever passes and progress it it kept breaking down when it when it came to Richie why can't you? we
1: play Son like we did when we had Harry Kane just get him to get him to sort of go in behind all the time?
2: Because
1: that's just not how he still. plays his
3: wingers. That's not how Ange plays a winger. He likes his wingers to hug the touchline, to create the yeah. width and to create that space for those central players to pick it up in the centre. That's So he's always going to have his wingers very wide, which is also part of the reason that I don't like Son on the left because he doesn't get into enough goal-scoring positions when he's on that left-hand side, I feel. And I just like Son near the goal that's why I want him as much yeah. as possible because any chance to shoot he's clinical and and we know that and I feel like when he's on the left he can do look he's not I don't think he's terrible on the left I don't think he's as good as he used to be but he can still do a job on the left but I just feel like I want Son I feel like he's at his best when he's nearer the goal as much as possible yeah. that's why I want him centrally but it just creates it it's a problem but, but what I'm gathering from this is we all agree that is still the best option on the right then are we?
2: Well, this is what I was just about to jump in and say, yeah. This whole conversation, doesn't it show you that none of our front three are nailed on or anything like that? Like, as in where... Even Son, who we would all want to start, we don't know where to put him or anything, and there needs major surgery. I've got to be honest, I'm not sold on Kulu long-term on that right for as an Ange winger. I don't don't think he is. And I'm not sold with any of our other wingers as long-term. I'm not... Basically, Son's the only one that I'm like, yeah, 100%, because I don't think Richie's as a striker. A star- <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just there, What is it?
3: He's very easy. <laughs> Son's the only winger yeah. I want as a striker, yeah. <laughs> no, it's,
2: it's not, Son is the only one that I, I know I want to start. Do you know what I mean? where Wherever that is or whatever, but like yeah. the rest of them, I don't think that they can do what Ange wants, and I want two attackers, two, two starting attackers, and I think we've got to start shipping them as well.
3: I actually think Richie's pretty good for what Ange wants as a striker, though, to be fair to him. Like, I think he's very good at pressing. Like, he's very relentless at that. And that's a big element uh, to how Ange wants his strikers to play. And he is very good at, like, picking up those, you know, loose balls in the box and just being right place, right time um, kind of thing. So I do think Richie is a good Ange striker as much. I also think Son is a good Ange striker as well. I think they're both good at that role. Um, obviously, Richie has a bit more physical presence. But I agree. We, I think the whole problem here is just we have a problem on our wings verna johnson and Kulu, to a certain extent aren't completely cutting it that is that is that is the problem at the moment
0: absolutely yeah and that's that, that's why we desperately need these one-on-one demons to come in in the summer we need to have a big budget allocated to bring in these kind of players like can you imagine if we had like a Pedro Neto or someone of that caliber what? on the wing then what? it probably wouldn't even be a conversation about Sonny
3: what I would say to defend Kulu though is as much as he's not a, I don't think he's a perfect Ange winger but at least when he does play on the wing he still does fairly consistently create chances in my opinion um, yeah. c- compared to Johnson and, and Werner at least Kulu finds a way to do something whereas I feel like Werner and Johnson when they're not beating their man they're just a bit completely pointless whereas at least Kulu even if he's not beating his man he still can create chances has
0: Johnson ever beaten his man in the Spurs shirt
3: he runs not into space be. but only when there's no man yeah. there yeah <laughs> <Pretty>
0: <laughs> it's much. a problem with Brennan Johnson man we spent 50 million on him in the summer I know he's young and he's got time on his hands but I'm I'm failing to see anything at the moment of him in a Spurs shirt, especially the last couple of games. Like, what what does he what does he bring to us? What does he offer?
1: He's struggling to adapt, though, isn't he? You know, at Nottingham Mm. Forest, he had all that space, you know, to go into against high lines. You know that he had had a lot more time to pick his finish and stuff like that. Now, when he's playing against teams where they sit nearly every man in, in in their own half. He struggles. He, do, he can't be his player. He doesn't have a good cross. You know, he's not good enough to be able to do one twos and link up with people. He is purely a player that will do well against high line teams. You know, in the big games, you want to bring him off the bench, put him in there. If you want to hit them in the high line from the start, put him in there. But asking this guy to unlock a door or, or thread a needle, it's absolutely pointless.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean, the only value I see on him at the moment is him delivering, uh, arriving late at the back post and, and getting on the end of those crosses. That's the only thing he does do.
2: Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a, so, if yeah. everything else in the squad is sorted, he's definitely not a bad bench player to have. Yeah. yeah. 50 million is a lot for that, for a club like ours. You know I mean? In yeah. terms of
3: just a quick discussion on Werner, obviously there's rumours that Tottenham are thinking about activating the clause. Is that something that you'd be very much against, both of you?
1: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> they, I think I Dave's think... expression says it all, I think. <laughs>
1: I just, what problem does he solve? Does he solve a creativity problem if he's a winger? No. Does he solve a goal-scoring option down the middle? No. What you what what you're buying? You may as well buy fresh air. Seriously.
3: But the argument would be: let's say let's say we're committed to signing a a big budget winger, regardless of Werner or not. Let's say the decision to sign Werner does not depend on us signing Lacaneta like or something. So we're going to sign a winger, like. What kind of player are you getting for the money that we could, that we could purchase Werner for? I guess would be the argument. Manuel Solomon.
0: Solomon. Everyone yeah. forgets about Manuel Solomon. We still got him in the ranks. He's going to be coming back as at some point. I think he's more suited to the Anschutz than Timo Werner ever will be.
2: Yeah, agreed. Mm. I prefer Solomon as like our fifth choice.
1: And plus, it's the summer market. You can go and spend what you want. It's your market. It's what you want to make of it. You know, we shouldn't be looking at it just as price tag only. You know, okay, you spend 25 million. What are you going to get? One goal, one assist every year from your attacking? From your Mm. attacker? What good is that? It's absolutely... I'd rather go and spend an extra 25 million on top of that and go and bring in a Pedro Neto, who I know is going to bag me goals and assists.
3: No, Mm. but let's say the the budget for our second choice winger is like similar to what we're going to spend on Werner, like 17 or 20 million, whatever it is. 17 million, I think. Like, is would Werner be the best bet at that point, or would no. you try and go no. for someone else? Definitely. Not not.
1: Bring up an under twenty one player, you may as well. What have you got to lose at that point?
3: Yeah, but you got all these young and up and coming
0: wingers from like the Nordic leagues and the Brazilian leagues that you can find for that kind of ballpark figure. I mean, Noosa was gonna go for like what thirty million or something. I'm sure you can find something around that ballpark figure that you can bring in. I mean, there's loads of players that we've spoken about. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but Rooney, definitely up yeah, Rooney yeah, by really, He's a, is he not is he a striker? Or is he a winger?
3: Winger, I think I winger. So but I mean, yeah, why can't strategy. why
0: can't we bring in those kind of players? We don't need to waste our money on a Timo Werner.
2: Yeah, he's uh, the other thing is like he's not young. He's not homegrown. Like at least Johnson is homegrown. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just mm. no no positive to it in my opinion at all. He bring people say he brings experience and stuff like that experience i know he won the champions league but every his other experience is like bottling um being through on goal and like not scoring do you know what I mean? like that so it's not like something that i'd do anyway.
3: well, what i also says, is what I'd also ask is is your mind totally made up on him already or is there still is it could he still convince you for the last 13 games
1: um <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Look, I, I, he can still convince me But he's going to have to, you know, come in and bag Sort of 10 goals, you know or, or, yeah. or, or 10 assists or something like that He has to have a real good campaign for me to say Yeah, sanction the money You know, if I go off what I've seen in previous years I, I, I don't see what we're buying I tried to highlight a few weeks ago Nobody liked my opinion because he was a fresh sign And stuff like that But he doesn't solve anything, there's no point in it Look, he still has time to change my mind But unfortunately, I don't think he will
0: Yeah I think that's the reality to be honest I mean he makes all the good runs to be honest it's just he can't do anything when when he gets to the money shot or the money cross or anything like every cross or every shot he's ever taken has been shocking
3: I think the way Ange likes to play his wingers I don't understand why he wants Werner on the left why not just might as well put him on the right because if he he wants Werner to always go on the outside basically and do cutbacks and he but if Werner's on the left he's always doing it on his weaker foot and he seems to not have a very good weak foot to be honest whenever he puts a bullet on his left it always. it it basically seems a bit weak. So why not, if he's going to do that, why not have him on the right then? Like that would be, that I would like to see at least they're giving that a go, but it just seems doesn't seem to have a good strong foot either. I don't know. It just seems to, I don't know. I haven't seen him use his right foot much, to be honest. I mean,
0: every time he's taken a shot or anything, even with his strong foot, it's just been drab along the floor, rolling into the keeper's arms. That's all we've seen from him. That's the reality. I,
2: um, I, I think the same with Kulu as well. A lot of the frustrations with Kulu... I think if he played on the left, they'd go away. Like if he's always going on the outside and stuff like that. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something that Ange really should try, man. We saw it for a little bit. Do you remember we saw it a couple of times and he did well from the left. Scored against Sheffield and stuff like that. But then, yeah, I just don't know why we haven't seen it.
0: So what are you saying, Josh? You're saying Richarlison on the left or or Werner on the left?
2: Kulu on the left.
0: (laughs) Kulu on the left.
2: (laughs) All right, big up. Thanks
0: for coming on, guys. Thank you everyone in the chat as well for joining us for the panel today.